Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. I'm back in you, so. Are you on? And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 70. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, put your finger down. Pretty good chance that uh, you're in blue. You're in water. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and find the United States. Find Texas, southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And that's where we are. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys on this spiritual journey. And we invite you to join us on that journey. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Facebook, we even have a uh, website, website now, which is man-upspiritualoasis.com. We're all on one word. <laughs> And there you have it. So <clears throat> just want to introduce the fellas that we have here. What we do is we have Adult Bible Fellowship on Sunday at Sugarland Baptist Church. It's a men's only group. And then what we do is we get together. We're not pastors. We're regular guys. And we just talk about the lessons. Great thing about it is, in typical man way, we go around, we give our summary of the lesson, and hey, if it works for you, you don't have to listen to the rest of it. But it's a great discussion, and it shows different points of view on stories that you probably already know. So I want to go ahead and take a moment and introduce each of the fellows that we have here. And we are, are in a Connect 360 Rescue and Redemption, our study guide, and we're in the Kingsman Redeemers Lesson 3. And it's the story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. And to talk about this particular lesson, we have, <clears throat> he's a driver, he's our evangelist, Mr. Earl Lloyd is with us. <clears throat> we also have a professional policy writer, he's also a professional gambler, a regular panel panelist, Mr. Steve Titch. And back again, we have, I call him the genius, IT guy. Great guy, Mr. Kerry Cooley is here. We have an insurance salesman. He's also our class deacon, Kyle Trahan, a regular member of our group. He's an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. Uh, he could defend you or he'll throw the book at you. Just depends on how he feels. We call him the judge, Mr. Michael Cropper. And <clears throat> he's a professional trainer. Uh, we call him the professor. I have to study just to get up to his level when I visit. Uh, <laughs> Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox, and <clears throat> I am the director of Man Up, just basic sales guy. So I want to go around the room and let each of the guys introduce themselves and just give a basic <coughs> summary on some points that they feel are important about the story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz that we're going to be talking about. And Go ahead and start out with uh, Mr. Earl Lloyd. This lesson is just a classic, your classic love story, uh, your typical Romeo and Juliet, um, what God has um, 
strategically put two people together. I mean, you can go back in your own life and watch the the little deals and the little corners that God cut just to put who he want together, to put them together. That's all this is, and uh, I just find it just very intriguing how he did it. And even when he gets to the politic part in regarding the kinsman redeemer, how he uh, unloosened the knots uh, to uh, bind these two people together. And that is very yeah, interesting so, when so we get true. there. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Absolutely. I, I think of how my, my wife and I, how in the world are we even together? Mm-hmm. We, we want With the corners and the things <laughs> that he's put together and orchestrated, right. and we are two peas in a pot. Mm-hmm. It's so well put. Mm-hmm. Funny how that goes. Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, this is, of course, one of the great love stories in the Bible. Um, and this whole kinsman redeemer aspect of it lends, uh, lends some suspense and drama to the tale. Um, it's, what's interesting about it also is that a lot of the story draws from the background of Mosaic law as explained in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, but also when we get to the story of the hearing in kind of a courtroom thing, Mike's going to love this part, um, but it's, uh, we get to the way this plays out, it's a little different, and I think there's some lessons in there for, about the letter of the law versus the spirit of law, even out of the Old Testament. Gary mm-hmm. Cooley, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Steve. It is. Yeah, this is your, like everybody else says, this is your basic Disney movie. Uh, in the Hebrew version of the Disney movie, and I think that pretty much where they all come, you've got some well-to-do person there with some other uh, down-and-out person, you know, and then they somehow find out, end up being like the princess comes up and ends up being, you know, being wealthy, and uh, and everybody loves her. Um, and also, I, I don't think we can ever say it enough, but this is basically the gospel story as well. I mean. Ruth is every one of us. We're bankrupt and we have nowhere to turn. And there's Jesus waiting for us to bring us up and 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 love on us and make us, you know, give us make us somebody again. So right, right, right. Uh, it's really important that we never forget that. I don't think. So. Excellent, Kyle. You know, in the last uh, I don't know, I guess two weeks, I've gone out and I've I've had to visit a, a client out in uh, East Bernard, Texas. You guys can look it up. Um, so it's out in Morton County and it's kind of in cotton country for Texas. And uh, I've actually got a picture, I'll post that up later on, but uh, you guys can look at that. It's uh, the cotton fields after it's been harvested. There's cotton all over the place. It's laying on the roads. It's hanging all over. I mean, this is the field. It's dotted with white everywhere. And I think of Ruth gleaning. How much is left here? And I I, I sat on the side of the road and I just kind of thought of the money that's left there. And that's a shirt one of you guys is wearing. It's actually a whole lot of shirts by this one, in the grand scheme of it, this one small field so much left out there that she is gleaning doing her thing and I don't know it, it's just interesting it, it, it gave a whole new perspective because I took this picture yesterday at this guy's thing and it's while I'm sitting here pondering her out in this field you know and what was left for her and then he Boaz says well leave more just picking even more 
You know, so he's yeah. telling those you know grain harvesters or the cotton harvesters, raise your thing up and pick less off the tree, so there's more for her. And it's just a really interesting perspective to be there this week seeing this and being able to put it back to to our yeah. lesson. Excellent. Michael Cropper. I have to touch on that real quick since he talked about this cotton ball. Patricia and I went out to see <laughs> my daughter's in El Campo and we go past Wharton, we go past those cotton fields we did today. In fact go go see my middle daughter who's out there. And uh, Patricia says that if you try to pick the cotton below the top of the stalks, there's like thorns in there like roses. Oh, wow. And you will get stuck. It's very, very painful. That's why you won't see a lot of, uh, you won't see anybody going to try to pick them. They use a combine or harvester to pick the, mm. the cotton. So yeah. to get the rest of the cotton off those would be very painful and very costly. Huh. So, so what you brought up regarding the harvest and the wheat and the barley itself with which Ruth does to glean from the fields, it's very, very hard to get the very last of that there because the harvesters come and take most of it. So it's very tedious. It may not be painful, but it's very time consuming. So what you said is very, very, very good analogy of it. Uh, I just want to mention here, folks, uh, I look at the, uh, the whole story, and this is another one of those tragedy where we see turn to, as you said, romance, and happiness at the end. We see uh, the story of Ruth, who is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. Naomi was married to Elimelech. Elimelech, is that right? Elimelech. And they lived in Bethlehem, which is the city what, uh, where, where many of our characters in the Bible were born, even uh, uh, Jesus, in fact. But they live in Bethlehem, and there is a drought there. So Elimelech takes Naomi, his wife, and his two sons, and they move uh, into what Moab? Moab. 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 And they move there because there's still food there, but there's no food left in, in Bethlehem for the time being. And both of his sons and their sons take wives in Moab. And while they're there, uh, the two sons die, and Naomi's husband die, Elimelech. And they, there's property still left in Bethlehem that he has inherited or, or taken from the family. And they move back to Bethlehem being very, very poor. And, and, and I say they. It starts off, Naomi decides to move back because they have no money now. The sons are gone. There is nobody to protect them. And this is where we get the kinsman redeemer uh, image that we'll be talking about in the lesson today. So she moves back to Bethlehem hoping that the Lord will provide a kinsman redeemer for her because she still has property from her husband there. And Ruth decides to go back with her, her daughter-in-law. She has two daughters-in-law. One does not go back with her and Ruth chooses to go back with her. And the, the greatest statement possibly in all the Bible is Ruth tells her, uh, uh, Naomi tells her daughter-in-law, go live with your family, you'll be protected. You can get another husband, you can have children. And she tells Naomi, that's not gonna happen. I'm going to go with you, and wherever you go, I will go. I'll, whatever, Whoever your God is, they will be my God. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful starting of this story, which we're going to discuss today, Bill. Excellent. Robert. Yeah, and just to show everyone how you can have different scriptures take different meanings. So I'm going to look at the man perspective of this <laughs> uh, from Boaz's perspective. 
So this is, there was a lot of mosaic law here, but has, you know, we'll find out as we look at the story, there was another kinsman redeemer mm-hmm. that actually could, should have taken on, he but was, did Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. He was actually number two. He was not the kinsman But, you know, and, and we always talk about, you know, we joke about our, our name, Man Up. Right. This is an, is an example of Man Up, where Boaz mm-hmm. steps into the gap and takes care of Naomi and Ruth as he moves through. Yeah, so Boaz, it's really kind of yeah, a... I think Boaz did a little manipulation on that number I, one. Well, well, I think... Well, we we're going to talk about that. We're going to take it. I mean, we're going to take it. But I do... And not only that, but remember this. So we talked about Moab. Ruth was from Moab. Yes. Israel and Moab weren't always the best of friends and didn't always get along. No, you're right. So in addition to mm-hmm. him taking a t- stepping up, he's also taken someone who mm, may not be the top of the picking order, as it were. A foreigner. No, she was a, a foreigner. foreigner. Correct. She was um, a Jew. foreigner and, and to take what you're saying, right. the Moabites, mm-hmm. uh, which were descendants of Lot, right. without getting too much right. into the background, right. they... Uh, they basically impeded the Israelites' entrance into, into, into the promised, promised land. land. Exactly. Um, that is they exactly were correct. they were more or less, if if you really want to get technical, they hired Balaam, the yeah. priest from the, the Balaam's curse. donkey story, to curse <laughs> right. yeah. to curse the Israelites because yep. they, they were coming up from Egypt and they were big. And Balaam didn't. He said, "I'm you know I'm not messing with that God." Um, but nonetheless, there was this first, there was there was there was there's that bit in where some women from the Moab, from Moabite women come and they they start they have some yeah. Israelite men worshiping their god there there's there's some right. there's there, some there, friction there. Right. <laughs> and, and everybody Good. talks about I mean Boaz he never saw her before mm-hmm. but when he did it stopped him. Yeah, yeah. 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 that happened to most yeah. of us when we first meet our girl. Right, right. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, Doesn't we'll go ahead and, and, and <laughs> you got our basic <laughs> summaries, and we're going to go ahead and there's a there's a lot of scripture, and I'm just going to go through it real quick. And uh, this is Ruth two one through twelve, and seventeen through twenty three. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The foreman replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the fields and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the girls. 
I have told the men not to touch you, and whenever you go thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you have come to take refuge. <coughs> so Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about one of those places where she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is a close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. <coughs> then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Now Ruth 4, 1 through 14. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat there. When the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, Sit here. And when they did so, then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back to Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. If you will not, tell me, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this the kinsman redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and the transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of <clears throat> legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I brought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malin's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among the family or from the town's records. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all those at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrath, and be famous in Bethlehem. 
through the offspring of the Lord, give you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tambor bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. You know, that is a long passage. But the thing about it is, is it's broken down into the two sections when Boaz sees Ruth in the field and has mercy on her. And then when he goes and he decides that he wants to be the kinsman redeemer. So we're going to come back to that in just a couple of moments. This is podcast number 70. This is Man Up. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. Uh, my name is Bill Cox. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number 70. We're on lesson three. We're in the Connect 360 Rescue and Redemption. What we're talking about in this particular uh, story is Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. We, we're talking about how it was a love story. Earl brought that up earlier. I also kind of wanted to talk about the transaction afterwards, but... I want to open the floor up to the fellas first. <clears throat> yes, I see the love story, but does anybody see on the backside? Well, I'm um, not giving any of you my sandals. <laughs> Forget it, man. Right. There's no real estate that, worth that, it. That, that was notary at the time, right? My, that was basically the notary public. As you look at Still it. Not also, also on the backside, you, you may mention on the backside, did she not become a Christian? She could not be a Christian. 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 She
How, I mean, not Ruth, but yeah, how come he didn't take Ruth? How come the kinsman first one didn't take Ruth? The first one. How, what, what was he protecting? Why? The, first a, the first one has a very irate wife. And he said, there is no way I am able to bring that new one in without disrupting my house. Okay. Yes. At least my yeah. first thought. That, that, yes. I mean, bringing a new woman into the house could throw a whole new... That, no, he doesn't say that. He gives, a, he gives a reason. He's worried about his own name. His own name, right. And did he have other children? If he has other children, then diluted. Or was it the Moabite thing? Let's look at the Moabite You know, that I can't take a foreigner Look at, their, home and look at their dead, father blah, blah, blah. Abraham. Abraham and his wife Sarah were promised by God to have a child in their old age, who right. would uh, would be the father of the nation of Israel. And what happened? His wife Sarah became impatient, and she gave her servant girl or her maid servant to Abraham, and he said, "All right, sure." And he has a baby through the servant girl. And what does that cause? Right then, at the time, Sarah told him to take her servant girl to be his wife and have a child through her, sounded great. When it happened, his wife got jealous. Right? Y'all all remember that. I mean, there is a jealousy that comes later. There's a thing that seems right at the time. Y'all know that. We've served the Lord. All of us have done this. Sometimes we do something that at the time seems right, and then later we go back a week later, a month later, and go, I shouldn't have done that, right? And that's what that's what occurred. And and this guy had enough sense, I think, to see in advance. What was first going down is a is a business deal, okay? Yeah. It's all about the money, and it's still it's even in the Bible. It's all about the money. Right. It's all the money. It's money. The guy. Okay. What they don't tell you is the guy's been out of town, so he comes back. He doesn't know. About Ruth or anything, or what she, he hasn't seen yeah, her. The, exactly. the other kinsmen, nothing about the other, other okay, kinsmen. So the other kinsmen. Yeah. So he shows up, and his job—he's he, the first one. He he can take this land over and basically do whatever he wishes with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And notice when it was just that he says, "Absolutely, I'll take that land." No question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then Boaz goes. Oh, by the way, uh, there's. There's a widow. <laughs> There's a woman. <laughs> yeah. oh, you okay. have a duty no, to have a child. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, she's pretty cute. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> he doesn't say she's Don't young. Don't give all the details. Correct. You know, he no. says, oh, she's... The... He said where she's from. He yeah, said she's a Mobite. Mobite. Exactly. Mobite. Right. And so uh, he says, oh, yeah, undesirable. undesirable. So now, now the guy's got a problem because the kinsman redeemer isn't just taking the land. I mean, his job is to have a... Child with the man's wife, with the widow, yes, with mm-hmm. with Ruth, who he's not seen, and all he knows is she's from somewhere else. Right, number one, mm-hmm. don't know. And her. number sure. two, he know um, he's actually maintaining that land for her offspring. It's going to go over it there. It's not going to be his land. Mm-hmm. Nope. So he's it's expense. It's a lot of time, and yes, he can mm-hmm. he can use it to his advantage during. You know, until the kid grows up enough, but it's really he's not doing it for him. So that's that's correct. That changes the complete metrics of the business transaction. You know, right. I'm spending that a lot of money. What's if he's got a wife? Okay. He's got someone. But I like think you it's really there. important that Boaz ran to that gate and made sure that guy never had a chance to get in and actually evaluate the situation and know what's going on. He didn't get a chance. He would have been higher. Ruth. He would have been he higher. He didn't get a chance to look at Ruth. Right. He didn't. You know, he he right. kind of like did the deal and made sure he got. In legal, you know, legal document, our our 
uh, got equivalent a of it, a sandal, yeah. their equivalent of a legal document that says, that's mine. And then they walk in, and the guy, you know, who knows? The guy might have seen her and goes, oh, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that guy Here's the thing about Ruth. Uh, and... And I think Steve, Earl, and I of this group can identify with this. She left her people and her land to go with Naomi. And she was willing to give all of that up and start anew as a widow with her mother-in-law, which is a huge deal. Just like you... Earl came from St. Louis, I came from Michigan, Steve came from New York to relocate to Texas. You don't know the changes that you're about to get into until you're actually into it. When you, I mean, you're home, but you're alone. Your new home, you don't know anything. And so that amount of commitment and what it took for Ruth to well, make you're that change you're trusting that God will guide you, right? You're trusting that things will go well, right? I think she was ch- totally trusting Naomi. Well, yeah, but she, and obviously their society's different than ours, too. So she's, going, right. she's following a woman back to a land where, mm-hmm. like, where she has had, an anchor. She's like, they're not used to women being able to own land. Right. So right. she's following someone that very possibly going to get back and not have anything. She, they don't know yeah. that. When right. They leave. Absolutely. They don't that know is a that good when point. Yeah. And so, you know, and but in a very real way, like Ruth. I mean, I'm like Ruth in in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. But you look like Ruth. I do. Look like <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think that's his no, new name. I got spiritually bankrupt to the point where I didn't have any place to turn. I have no mm-hmm. option. I didn't really have an option. I could die. I could follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's where I was. It was really not a hard choice. I mean, it was a hard choice. It was still a hard choice. That's the ironic part of it, right? You know, and you know, even when times, you know, things get bad in my life, or you know, um, um, it's like I always have to go back to Jesus because I have nowhere else to go. Right. I have nowhere else to go. I just gotta and, go. And, and, and that's Ruth. I, I absolutely that's believe yeah. that's exactly yeah. what Ruth was feeling. And, so. and and at that point she didn't even know God. She was just I mean she's following no Your God will be my God. But, but she, God. she had to have seen what her faith what Naomi's faith mm-hmm. had made mm-hmm. the kind mm-hmm. of person had made her because when she said it, she said, I will follow you and your God will be my mm-hmm. God because I mean so that had to have something to do with it. I always say this, life is just a default back to God. That's all it is. You're going back. The prodigal son, we all are prodigal sons. If you haven't experienced in your life where you just tried to do your own thing and you had to end up coming back to God, we like sheep sometimes we're astray. And um, it just like Carrie, you you get to a point where you just want to do you. And there's nothing here about you. This is all about God and His plan. That's all this is. And He, this plan, this plan is perfect. Famine in the land. He took, he took three. He took Naomi and her two sons to a land because it was famine. They died off. Mm-hmm. Then He bring them back with one daughter-in-law, and look what look love came out the deal. 
through the politics. And uh, at the end of the story, I believe somebody prayed for her. Did they not? They prayed for her. They, they, somebody prayed for the both of them. Mm-hmm. They became no, yeah, they, they, and they all prayed. The, the, the elders. The, 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 the blessing. Yeah. And what was the blessing? What was the blessing? Well, she was the she was the she's the great grandmother of King David. Well, she gets more than that. Yeah, she gets there, more. If, just, if you go read through Matthew, Matthew, yeah. the genealogy of Jesus in mm-hmm. Matthew mm-hmm. has four women listed in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rahab the harlot, okay, mother, the Mary, of, Mary, 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 the mother mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. basically. The woman who had been Uriah's wife is the actual way it is phrased in Matthew. We all know her as Bathsheba mm-hmm. and Ruth. Mm-hmm. Are the four mm-hmm. women listed in that genealogy That's of Jesus? Mm. Yeah, I noticed in the last section, the last yes. sentence of, our, of the yeah. reading today is, mm-hmm. "May he become famous throughout Israel." Well, he's famous That's a lot right. farther than Israel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting here yeah. in Houston, and, Texas, right. to, you know, because it goes from David to Jesus. Mm-hmm. All the way through, so that becomes a really which, interesting which piece. brings all sorts of implications as far as the foreigner goes, and oh, yeah. all this stuff. Because I want to stay up because I think you were saying earlier how Boaz and, and you want to look at how Boaz plays into this. This this is what I mean. It's how that how that meeting with the elders plays out is a little different than how it's prescribed in Deuteronomy. Yeah, just do it. But, yeah. but but it's an important difference because especially now because we have I think a segment of Christians who believe we've got to follow everything in Deuteronomy to the letter. Mm-hmm. Um, hold don't don't take that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. And I'm not gonna read the whole thing. But you go to you go to Deuteronomy, this this whole idea of the the, the claiming the widow is is in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five, verses five through ten. And there's really, there's no right of first refusal. The, the kingsman redeemer is obligated to take that widow. And in fact, if he doesn't, the widow, this is where the sandal comes from, the widow has, you know, takes off his sandal, spits on him, and, and, and spits in, his, in his face. Spits in his, in his face, face and and calls him. This is the family of the un uh, the unsandaled. So there's there's a little bit of there is more. There's shame if right. the now now Boaz. You know, with the, uh, uh, several hundred years passed between the Deuteronomy and right. and Ruth. when this Ruth is happening, which is which is toward the end of the Judges period, uh, Boaz it doesn't quite go this way. He he certainly follows the spirit of the law and very close to the letter. He follows early. There are other there are other laws here that enter into the fact the gleanings, which is Leviticus nineteen mm-hmm. nine through ten, welcoming the foreigner, also in Deuteronomy chapter ten and Leviticus chapter nine, but. He, this, this doesn't play out. Nobody stands up and says, "This is the way you've got to do it." I, I dis- the, the elders approve of this proceeding, which basically shows that even in the Old Testament, there was a certain flexibility in understanding the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Right. They did not get yes. legalistic uh, yeah. on him. Right. And and Boaz, Boaz is very. Boaz kind of does this this way, and that's that's another way he's uh, mentioned all of this. Well, he he understands that the actual spirit of fulfilling his mm-hmm. duty is way more important than mm-hmm. actually following mm-hmm. the exact letter of the law. Mm-hmm. 
that he has an obligation, which is one of the things that I mm -hmm. like to think about when we always talk about leaders and other, that you have to fulfill your obligations. Mm -hmm. So many leaders, they get so caught up in, well, I can do this, and it's legally okay, but, you know, I can kind of skirt it around and get it done, and mm -hmm. I'm still right, versus the spirit of making sure yes. that I do mm -hmm. what's right by what has to happen correctly. That's the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what comes into play here. Well, there was, there was, a, there was, a, song, there was a song that used to be out. If, I, if, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. And Boaz, Boaz got love on his mind. Boaz got love on his mind. He got, he's, he's curving this. You got to remember that when he went when he went to do what he did, he had love on his mind. And he he did a little something to kind of curve things. First of all, he caught Like Kerry said, he, he manipulated. He called, it, he called it publicly. He called it out publicly. Publicly, mm -hmm. that's for, you know. So he had he, he did it strategically in reference yeah. to how can I get this? Look, go back and look at your significant other. What did you do conniving to get? Because just like Boaz, just like Boaz approached her, he went to somebody else to find out about her. Did you go or did your significant others to go to somebody else before they approached you, or did you likewise? Did you do uh, vice versa? Did you do it? So yeah, it's, it's some scheming. It's some scheming going on. Let's put the scheme in proper place. <laughs> if you go, I was going to take Steve's book. Okay, Y'all notice oh. I, got, I got stopped real quick. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, you go, you're a lawyer. I'm in three, right? Yeah, three. If you go to the chapter of Ruth three, folks, in between two and four, which we've been talking about. I wish they'd put this in our book. Bill would have read it to us, and then we, you'd catch we on to what happened. We skipped over this when Bill read Now, you're right. talking about the scheming here, okay? Ruth goes home to Naomi one evening, and Naomi <laughs> says, you know, I worry about you having a husband, right? And, and, and uh, she says, I would like for you to have a husband. And since Boaz is our family kinsman redeemer, I want to tell you how to propose to him. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and she doesn't, say, doesn't mm -hmm. use those words, but she tells her that you go back. At the end of the harvest, you keep doing these things, and at the end of the harvest, they're going to have a party. And he's going to drink and eat and be merry. Mm -hmm. And when he lays down mm -hmm. on the floor, you're going to go to him and lay at his feet Boom. and ask to be his wife. Mm -hmm. But you say it in different words. You're my kinsman redeemer. Put your robe over me and protect me. Amen. And then you'll see what's going to happen, Amen. and you'll go from there. That's scripture, and, baby. That's and scripture. this is exactly <laughs> That's scripture. She goes to him, and he wakes up after having a great old time with his uh, revelers, the harvesters, whoever he had the party with. And uh, yeah, I was going to read it. Now, 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 let me reiterate, now. Mike. Th this happened before we get into him yes. going to ride. Yes. Right. 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 He sees her. He, 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 he lets her take the, you know, well, get, get, the, get the grain. Then she goes and basically proposes to him. And from that moment on, he's going to go do the business deal. Yes. He's going to well, take care of it. All right. There's, there's now, actually, and, and, he showed up to quick, this before thing. Before Mike reads it, there's actually oh, debate about biblical in biblical scholar work about whether or not this was basically Naomi telling her, go seduce him. Well, yeah, and, 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 there were in there. So they were. I didn't want to use that. And yes. at some point, though, yeah, it, worked, yeah. it switches yeah. a little bit, and he starts to take over his responsibilities. Oh, right. 
in the middle of this seduction. Yeah. Right. There's so also let, a song let me go ahead and read Stop the, in the name of love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in that song, there's a lyric saying, love will keep us together. Let me just read a few lines Mo here. Boaz. We'll go on. So what I just told you, when Boaz had finished eating and drinking, this was at the end of the party after the full harvest, they had completed their harvesting, and he was in good spirits, he went over to lie down on the floor at the far end of the grain pile. And Ruth, by the way, this is Kyle's. Kyle provided with the scripture since Steve wouldn't let me use the Bible. You can use this now. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And in the middle of the night, something startled uh, Boaz, and he woke up. And he turned, and there, uh, ooh, I moved up more than I wanted to, um, in the middle of the night, something startled him in, in, in time, and there was a woman lying at his feet, which he was not expecting, obviously. Who are you, he asked. She said, I am your servant, Ruth, and spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer, and we call it a kinsman redeemer. We've been stating that all evening. Uh, and you are a guardian redeemer of our family. And uh, listen to his response, folks. This is very important. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied, this kindness he's saying to her is greater than that which you showed earlier in other words to your mother Naomi you have not run after the younger men whether rich or poor you have come to find me so he's pretty pretty happy there with that, so that's telling me he's 45 or 50 years old. Oh. She's probably 45 years old. Yeah, I, I always imagine him as a little younger than that. Uh, uh, I'm picturing warts or something. Because we don't want to get a You didn't chase the younger men. He's probably he owns yeah. the land, but he doesn't even say if he's married or not yeah. already. So. Okay, sorry. Well, that's anyway, so we'll, we'll stop there. They're Let's definitely talk. younger. They're, they're, about, okay. they're definitely the younger <laughs> harvesters. He, he, he likes there. the young chicks. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's appreciative that she doesn't run after the young guys. So I get that. Uh, he's blessed. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. He's a blessed guy. Take my money. Yes, yes. He pretty much. Even, that's that's his response. I understand. It's like leave my money, just hang out. <laughs> but here's here's the thing, and he's obviously he's impressed by her, but he's also impressed by the fact that she works. Yeah, she was know. out in the field. She didn't <laughs> take any breaks. Hard working, and you're gleaning. And you that's think about that, work. and and I get that no. about the cotton. I have a little. Uh, uh, agriculture background and I can tell you this wheat and barley it's seeds it's seeds that you're picking up and instead of full instead of full stocks of that and, and how large and are the seeds how large are the seeds oh uh, they're minuscule they're like a a, a a fingernail. Oh, tip of a finger. Yeah. Tip of Yeah, like a fingernail. Very. So it takes yeah, a lot of them. It takes a lot of them. And she had a bushel. And a yeah, bush. Well, he told. He told. He told. He told. But he also he told his. He also told his build a confidence. Drive some of the Keep up morale up. Keep up morale up. Yeah. Exactly. He was. He was taking care of her in the first place. Yeah, but they didn't leave. They didn't leave it in a trail to his house, though. So. But none of this is something he has to do at all. No. Exactly. All right. God laid out the red carpet for him. You know, not just the red carpet for him, no doubt. And 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 I mean, all the even the water on the field. I mean, that's. 
carted in. That's uh, yeah. Uh, he really showed her an enormous sure. amount of hospitality. He, he definitely right. stepped up. Right. Definitely. Well, and on both of them, I show a servant heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, right. her with her mother-in-law, him to the whole family as the redeemer and everything else. Nine sticks out to me especially because he goes and tells his boys, hey, Y'all keep your eyes off her because what? And your she's mine. Yeah, she's right. mine. Right. Gee, say that. He doesn't but don't, don't touch he her like y'all touch the other girl. Y'all leave her alone. Cause I'm, cause, no, cause I deep down, I'm, okay. I'm getting that. I'm He's taking with her, but I don't. I think you're doing him a disservice. He showed a straight up courtesy to her. No. Yeah. And, he got, and told exactly. her, "Don't go to another family." He no, wasn't he, doing. He, he, he was taken with her. No think, doubt about no it. No doubt. He, he was, was taken, taken with her. her. Don't but I don't him. think that was about. She's mine, guys. Just says nobody touches her. Yeah. And it was. I think he treated her more like a daughter. And then she, you know, if this is my daughter. Don't touch her. Because I tell you, I got twin seventeen-year-old daughters. You don't touch my daughters. I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe. But then she shows up. No, I. But then when she comes there, then I think that's at the moment he goes, "Hey, she could be a loving." Look at six. Look at six, and then look at fourteen. They already eating together at fourteen. They already eating within six, seven verses. They already eating at fourteen. He's eating with her. He's eating with her. Yeah, and six, and six, he meets her. No, six, he ask five, he ask about her, and eight, he. Approaches her, Meals and then at fourteen, he's eating with her. Yeah, Back in nine, he's laying out favors, saying, "Eat favors, eat, eat out my jars. Tell his boys to leave her alone, and uh, you work in my fields." And then three verses later, he's eating with her. He's but he also is very specifically calling her my daughter the whole time in the first That's in, in chapter. And, uh, and, and this two. is why he's so surprised when she makes the proposal exactly. to him. He is yeah. really surprised. Don't get me wrong. I think he thinks she's hotter than that. He was but, shocked. But, but I think he's shocked that she want that she yes. would be interested at all. Yes. Yeah, it's I think so too. And this has yeah, been a great discussion uh, talking about uh, the complex relationship of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Gonna go ahead and put a little bit of man up spin on us as we close podcast number 70 down. And uh, let's start off with uh, our deacon, uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, it's uh, also just keeping an eye out for the other people in our lives that need help. You know, whether you plan on seeing them as a wife or a whatever. Part of it is just keeping an eye out for the people that need help, you know, that really need help. You know, in our day and age, there's someone on every street corner, sometimes four on every street corner. You know, and it's really hard to discern who needs help in these days. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you pull up to a red light and there's a thousand guys that walk up or girls that walk up to your car and you start getting the hardened heart. <sighs> can't give a buck to everybody you know but in this scenario you know he really looks at things at a different view and he sees someone down on her luck but down on her luck working her tail off trying to provide for her family in the end that's the whole man up concept do what you got to man up woman up if you well, for this scenario, and do what you got to for your family, but keep that eye for the people that need help around us. Excellent, Carrie Cooley. Your takeaways. Um, 
I'm going to leave the rest to most of the other, to the other guys to do most of this. But I just think it's the, one of the the most interesting thing to me is just how God can take such a screwed up people and put bring them together. And you never really know how it's going to work out, you know. Like, like you know, um, like us here. Well, we talked about. Well, but, but we talked, <laughs> very, very but much we, so. But we talked about. But we talked very about. So. Well, we talked about how each one of met your, you know, everyone met their spouse, and and it's like the the strangest thing. And then you go through all the gut wrenching and the highs and the lows. And is it going to work? And then God's got this plan, like. 30 years down the road already mapped out and we're just walking through this thing and all of our little everything that's good that you know that we do right everything that we do wrong he's already mapped it out it's you know and, and to do what his ultimate purpose is which and we just kind of like fall into it with our own humanity you know what I'm saying <laughs> so I think that's big takeaway for me. Excellent. Steve Titch, your takeaway. Well, Kyle's, Kyle's dead on. It it's, has to do with keeping your eyes open and seeing what other people aren't seeing. The, the interesting thing is when, when Boaz goes out to the field, he sees Ruth and uh, his foreman simply says, "Oh, she's she's the Moabite who came in, you know, with the, and she, and it was, she, she was she didn't get a name. I mean, she's you say how often and, and how often we stand convicted? How often do we say, oh, well, who who's the guy who's who came in with Kyle to church today? Oh, that, that's a Mexican guy, you know. That's that's the stereotype. He the he labels. he saw he saw yeah. more than this Farna, this Moabite. He saw a person there. Uh, he saw someone in the image of God." And yes. uh, he he just was on the ball. That's that's really what it is. And he did what he could at that point. He you know he obviously owned the land. He had he was wealthy enough to have the land and the workers. Um, we don't read he was a great patriarch, but he did what he could, what was in his power. And I think that's the challenge to to do what we can uh, by choice. We can be kinsman redeemer to, to, to people. Find someone who you can be kinsman redeemer to. And these days, it's not necessarily your family. It's it's who's part of the Lord's kingdom. Well Michael Cropper. Well said. Um, my, my takeaway on this is, um, is, again, I look at the story and I see a set of circumstances where there's a tragedy where, where Elimelech, and his sons uh, go to another land, his wife, Naomi, with him. And they go and acquire wives. And, of course, the only hope that they have in their life is to have a great, great marriage and children and to prosper like each of us wants to do back when we're in our teens and the 20s. And, um, and then tragedy uh, uh, strikes the family. Uh, Naomi's husband dies and both her sons and, of course, the two daughters are daughter-in-laws. They're not true daughters, so she doesn't feel like she has any connection with them. And she's going to go back to her own hometown by herself or on land, and hopefully, hopefully somebody in the family will take care of her. And, but God places a love in her heart in one of the two daughter-in-laws to stay with her. And then they go back to Bethlehem, and then God uses that daughter-in-law to create the lineage of, as the men have stated here, uh, that the lineage who goes through King David and eventually Jesus Christ. So what was a, just a horrible tragedy, a lot of pain for Naomi turned out to be a great blessing, but it, it wasn't without cost. Excellent. Professor, your takeaway. Uh, one, I'll just go back to one of your statements. 
you never know where you are in the story. This is one you really don't know where you are in the story. And here's someone who left his home country to Moab, married a Moabitess. He dies. She comes back. Someone steps up, plays the act of kinsman redeemer, even though he wasn't the first one through manipulation or seduction or however you want to look at it, but he does it. And this ends up leading to King David and eventually to Jesus and is one of four women that gets mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. You know, what an amazing long-term story to look at. Yeah. You just don't know where you are in the story mm-hmm. at any given moment. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Earl. Mm-hmm. In Acts, it talks about, uh, Acts 3, it talks about God makes every story. And in this story, there's a, the game changer in this story is Ruth deciding to follow God. And when you follow God, it's good things happen. I always say, your story is already written. But when you decide to just keep praising and giving God his praise, and you keep praying to God, the story gets sweeter. Just like when Ruth decided to follow God, her story just got sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Just like Bill said, you yourself going through a story, find yourself in a story and give God his glory. And maybe your name will get mentioned. What he said in the genealogy. He's the, the, the minstrel, man. That's right. <laughs> this is Man Up. This is podcast number 70. We are on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube. And we invite each and every one of you to get involved in a Bible-based church. Find a men's only adult Bible fellowship. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.